Hello and welcome to the podcast series Kitchen Conversations. My name is Patricia Rosvora and I'm the founding mother of this platform and your host, of course. The idea behind this project is to make space for stories and narratives from the so-called former Eastern Bloc that I was very much missing during my studies in an art academy in Amsterdam. For every episode, I'm inviting an artist, a researcher, activist to tell about their work and how it reads into the historical and political situation of their country and the broader Eastern region. Through speaking with people from all different parts of the former bloc, I'm hoping to find all the things that connect us, but also, and perhaps most importantly, learn to distinguish our very different histories, languages, traditions, foods, and so much more. Most of the time you're going to hear me speak with my guests in English, but the fact that every person brings to the table a very different accent, since we all speak very different languages, will hopefully give you an idea of what a diverse and broad part of the imaginary Eastern Bloc we actually are. Before introducing you to my very first guest, I would like to read a fragment from the book by Svetlana Alexievich, Secondhand Time, The Last of the Soviets, from which I actually borrowed the title of this podcast, Kitchen Conversations. On Ivanushka the Fool and the Magic Goldfish. The Russian kitchen, the pitiful Khrushchevka kitchenette, 9 to 12 square meters, if you're lucky, and on the other side of a flimsy wall, the toilet. Your typical Soviet floor plan. Onions sprouting in old mayonnaise jars on the windowsill and a potted aloe for fighting colds. For us, the kitchen is not just where we cook. It's a dining room, a guest room, an office, a soap box, a space for group therapy session. In the 19th century, all of Russian culture was concentrated on the aristocratic estates. In the 20th century, it lived on in our kitchens. That's where perestroika really took place. 1960s dissident life is the kitchen life. Thanks Khrushchev. He's the one who led us out of the communal apartments. Under his rule, we got our own private kitchens, where we could criticize the government and most importantly, not be afraid. Because in the kitchen, you were always among friends. It's where ideas were whipped up from scratch. Fantastical projects got coded. We made jokes. It was a golden age for jokes. A communist is someone who's read Marx, an anti-communist is someone who's understood him. We grew up in the kitchens, and our children did too. They listened to Galdic and Okujava along with us. We played Vesotsky, tuned into the illegal BBC broadcasts. We talked about everything. How shitty things were, the meaning of life, whether everyone could all be happy. I remember a funny story. We'd stayed up past midnight, and our daughter, she was 12, had fallen asleep on the kitchen couch. We'd got into some heated argument and suddenly she started yelling at us in her sleep. Enough about your politics, again with your Sakharov, Sozinizen, Stalin. Laughs. Endlessly drinking tea, coffee, vodka. In the 70s, we had Cuban rum. Everyone was in love with Fidel, with the Cuban revolution. Che in his beret, a Hollywood star. We talked non-stop, afraid that they were listening in, thinking they must be listening. There'd always be someone who'd halt in mid-conversation and point to the ceiling light or the power outlet with a little grin. Did you hear that, comrade lieutenant? 
It felt a little dangerous. A little bit like a game. We got a certain satisfaction out of leading these double lives. A tiny handful of people resisted openly. But many more of us were kitchen dissidents, going about our daily lives with our fingers crossed behind our backs. (laughs) 